Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man who always pulls out seven stars in the Tokyo Dome, I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure-hunting warrior. He's the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the Ishii to my Shibata. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I'm not big enough to be Ishii anymore. Ah, he's deceptively like, it's like you look at him and you're like, ah, it's almost like a Japanese Taz. I mean, except he's got no neck. <laughs> uh, the man yeah. does not, the man does not own a neck, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that actually happened. He was at, uh, this previous wrestle kingdom. He was in the, uh, the dark match, uh, new Japan or, uh, wrestle kingdom, Rumble or whatever the hell they call it. And he went up to that big Samoan dude. I can't think of, or uh, Tongan dude. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Hikaleo or whatever. Hikaleo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he went up to him and Hikaleo's like looking down at him and he's looking around like, where is he? <laughs> he came up to his like chest. I'm like, damn, I didn't realize. I mean, Hikaleo's a big dude, but. I didn't realize how short Ishii was because they never really pair him with tall guys over there. Uh, but wait a minute, the Tongan dude's a big dude. No freaking yeah, way. Right. Yeah, right. Your well, lying normally, lips are an abomination. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, normally they're just like stocky. This dude is like a freaking giant, man. I'm oh like, yeah, I've seen him in person. Yeah. yeah. How how, uh, how tall do you an think animal. he is? Huh? How tall do you think? Would you say he is? Six four five. God dang! I'm six man. one, and I looked up to him. So well, I didn't think they could stack crap that high. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say all that. I didn't oh, say. Well, I, I didn't say to his face. I, you know, hey, if, Hikaleo, if you're listening, uh, don't tell your family. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, uh, yeah. If anybody got a chance, uh, I finally sat and watched uh, most of Wrestle Kingdom 17 that just happened. It was fun. Go back and watch if you got the opportunity. Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. That say, six hours? It's long. I'll say that. I mean, if yeah, you skip I'm, the dark matches. 
there are a few things you can just flat out skip. The opening match is pretty good. Um, it's for the junior heavyweight tag titles. That always opens the show. And then the, uh, the, the last couple of matches are really damn good. So, I don't know. Uh, Was I also, going deaf, or do they not care when Sasha Banks came out at all? I feel like they just didn't give a damn. I... I couldn't tell. I'm like, I don't know if they don't Yeah, that's care. what I'm saying. I can't tell either because, like, it's a huge dome, obviously. And sometimes right. the, the noise doesn't come off right. But that's I don't one know. factor. Like, I felt like yeah. there was no Fs given. But, again, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know. I'm just going off of what I saw. But Well, that's one factor. Another one is that um, you never know. Um, like, Japanese crowds are different. Like, so they don't, like, necessarily freak out like American crowds do. Then again, she might not be over over there. Nobody, you know, they're like, oh, uh, her. So I don't know. I mean, commentary lost their mind. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Japanese like quitters or not, so off we'll we'll that. Wow. Oh, what was funny was uh, uh, one, of the, one of the matches uh, had Leo Rush in it. Oh, it was, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was the opening match. For the, I already uh, don't care. It was for the IWGP junior tag titles. And, uh. TJ Perkins had said, oh, I'm going to beat you and uh, then you'll be a Grand Slam retirement champion. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. It was great. By the way, TJ Perkins is one of the or TJP, whatever you want to call him. It's one of those guys. that looks like he's aging in reverse. Like, I don't know yeah, what the yeah, hell. Yeah, I said that, too. It's weird. Yeah. And he came out because he's part of the uh, Osprey's group. Can't think of the name of him now. Um, uh, but, United something, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. United, I don't remember the hell, uh, but Empire, United Empire. Uh, but <laughs> during Osprey's em- entrance, they all come out and they're like standing there, all seriousness, well, or all serious while he does his entrance. And then a concussion pyro goes off, and per- TJP freaking jumps like, holy crap! <laughs> and he's I mean, like, I would everybody, too. everybody else is standing there stone faced, and he's and he flinches. He's like, whoa. <laughs> It's like that, that distracted me during the whole entrance entrance. I lost I laughed my ass off. But yeah, anyway, uh we're going seven seven years before that actually, uh to cover this. It is uh Russell Kingdom ten. There's actually a lot to get into with this one. Uh so I gotta ask before we get into it, did you like this better or just as much or less than you did Russell Kingdom eight? About just as much. Yeah, I thought it was a a good show wasn't the greatest show, but I mean, um, to be fair, this isn't it. my cup of tea. I don't really watch New Japan much, so yeah, you know, it's not um, fair to. It's but, very different from an American show, so I mean, it's it it really is. Uh, it really I'll tell is you different. this though: the first match, I was already like, "Good lord, what did you get me into?" But we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Well, uh, hey. Uh, you know, history was made in, back here. History was actually made this, this past, uh, not to jump back to, you know, Russell Kingdom 17, but it, it was actually a history-making show for mul- for multiple reasons. Keiji Muto had his last match in the Tokyo Dome ever, so that was big. Uh, we They had the uh, that tag, that six-man tag that was dedicated to the memory of Antonio Inoki. But either way... Uh, we got we got some news and notes to get into here, but before we do, 
Time out here real quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order at checkout. Now we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, we're going to dive into the news and notes right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought this is an invasion angle? Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. 
Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event, Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. AJ I don't have Stein. a can this week, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure, we're still either. recording like when I'm feeling a little into the weather still, so I'm just drinking tea. Nice. So AJ Styles, along with two or two to three members of the Bullet Club, have given their notice to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Meanwhile, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, Uncle Dave Meltzer reported that oh, God. Uh, reported that WWE may be planning on a small-scale raid of New Japan. According to Uncle Dave, WWE is going after Styles, uh, current Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura, not Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Yeah, it all happens, I think. Yeah, I don't remember when all of them end up coming over. AJ is about to AJ is about to debut in the Royal Rumble right after this. Right. I think Nakamura debuts at um, WrestleMania 32 weekend, a couple months later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe so. And then Anderson and Gallows don't come until later in the year? I think it's like a year and a half after, actually. I don't think it's really quickly. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I I don't remember them going anytime soon with this, but... I don't know. Well, that's forward to now. They're all there and all thriving. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, spoiler for the, uh, I think anybody could have seen this spoiler for the Anderson match, but, uh, looks like he's just back in WWE full time now, but it was cool to see within a couple of days, like within one week, you had WWE represented in two major Japanese promotions. So that was awesome. I still have to watch the Nakamura and great, great Muda match. It's but, okay. Yeah, I kind of figured. I mean, Muda's lost multiple steps. I mean, he's super old. I, just figured, I don't think he's lost any steps. I think he's aged and they just go away. <laughs> well, there's that. But the votes are in for the 2015 Wrestling Observer Year End Awards. Oh, FFS. The Lufez slash Ric Flair Wrestler of the Year goes to AJ Styles, followed by runner-up Hiroshi Tanahashi. Not shocked. <sighs> but then, moving on to this, I don't, you, you and I will have to remember. You'll have, you'll have to get it out. That must be bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It just I don't remember this timeline necessarily going into WrestleMania 32. So... But Dwayne The Rock Johnson is officially on the lineup for WWE's WrestleMania 32 in April, though it remains to be seen if the 10-time world champion will actually compete or show up in a non-competitive capacity. The Rock revealed uh, the news. Kind of yeah. Wasn't this the one where he comes out with a damn flamethrower? Yeah, and then he beats, uh, I think, Eric Rowan in like eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And John Cena comes out to, to wrestle with him. Yeah, it was 
That was a cool moment. Still kind of hurt, the, by the way. I think he was supposed to be back. Right. Well, the Rock, the Rock revealed the news on his Instagram account. That's funny. Like, ah, major WrestleMania news on Instagram. <laughs> then again, The Rock has, like, how many millions of followers on social media? So Millions and millions. <laughs> so oh, he, he's just that, right themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so on the January 4th episode of WWE Raw, Chris Jericho returned to in-ring competition full-time and confronted the New Day. He also announced his plans to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going uh, to, but you know, plans changed. Hashtag plans changed. Well, uh, keeping on with the Royal Rumble there, Curtis Axel has been revealed as the second participant in this year's 30-man WWE Royal Rumble match. Uh, he follows the big show into the confirmed list of names after the Giant entered himself on last week's Raw. Also just added to the lineup are, are the Wyatt family. Who cares? I know, right? That's a who's who of who? Hey, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, who's who? Yeah, right. Also on the list are the Wyatt family, Dolph Ziggler, and Ryback. <sighs> yeah. Little do we know, these guys would all be competing for the WWE title that night. Yeah, right. So it was an important Royal Rumble match. Uh, not everybody in the match was important, but the match itself was important. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think this is the one Curtis Axel was never alert, eliminated from. And he held on to that like a just like first ever child. He wouldn't let go. I was never eliminated. I'm still in the Rumble. Was this was this that one? I think, I think that this makes sense. One. Yeah. Good lord. They tried to make everything a gimmick for him. Try to They just threw crap against the wall to see what would stick. This one's pretty sad, though. WWE Raw paid tribute oh, oh, to... Oh, like, yeah, because that last story, that wasn't sad at all. With Curtis Axel. <laughs> well, that was more pathetic than sad, but... Uh, but well, my life is everything, so... Joke's on you. Let's go ahead. Wow. WWE Raw paid tribute to iconic Motorhead frontman Ian Lemmy Kilmister who died on December 28th at the age of 70 after a brief struggle with cancer. Yeah, well, that sucks. Yeah. That, that blows, man. <laughs> Motorhead will always be like one of the top metal bands of all time. Hot bench. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I, I'm sure Triple H was legitimately heartbroken about this, not just because it was his favorite band, but because I think him and Lemmy were like legitimately close. So that, that sucks. <laughs> this, this is funny getting away from the, the sad stuff. Vince McMahon, oh boy. <laughs> Vince McMahon <laughs> triggered a bunch of calls to the NYPD after he apparently, or he appeared to get arrested a couple of weeks ago on Monday night. Raw Cops began fielding calls after a segment on the show where Vince stepped in to protect his daughter from some rent-a-cops at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Vince got shoved by Roman Reigns. Stephanie demanded some rent-a-cops arrest Roman. They told her to drop her attitude or she'd be arrested. Vince aggressively grabs one of them, and then the uniformed officers arrest Vince. Do you remember got, that? Yeah, he got a shirt out of that, too, I think, with his mugshot on it. <laughs> Yeah, his mugshots went went viral. Those are hilarious. 
Uh, they didn't say what the calls were pertaining to. They just said they were about Vince McMahon. But apparently the NYPD just got flooded with random calls about it. It's like, oh, just want to know what's up. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> I love how people in, uh, what was this, 2016 were watching Raw and they were like, oh, my God, this is real. And I need to call the police department about it. <laughs> this is the Internet, you know. Yeah, right. Well, what did Meltzer say? Well, actually, uh, well, you know, um, he, uh, you know, he like it was, it was, it was like, um, you know, he, he like, um, <laughs> uh, going back to uh, people that may be coming in, WWE may sign indie wrestling tag team duo Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. Uh, also known as TMDK, a.k.a. the Mighty Don't Kneel, when their uh, pro wrestling NOAA contracts expire on December 31st. I think they did for a minute. Yeah, what were they, TM uh, or 16? or I don't even remember the number now. Like, they, they were in a... TM, get the hell out of here, because you don't matter. Yeah, they were in trouble. They were in a video game, one of them, uh... I remember the first time I saw him was at a random, like, non-televised ROH show in Cincinnati. Like, they came out cold. Nobody knew who the hell they were. <laughs> they ended up getting over by the end of the show, too, just because, like, the crowd was being weird, you know, indie shows. And they kept doing body slams, and so the crowd started chanting for them to do body slams. And even though they were heels, they kept doing body slams, and it would get, like, huge pops throughout the whole match. It was the dumbest crap, but it was awesome. Uh, speaking no. of them, <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. Well, speaking, I don't of believe TM you. Speaking of TMDK, though, they were actually at uh, Russell Kingdom and Zack Sabre Jr. joined up with them. They did the old NWO thing. They came out, gave him a T-shirt and he put it on. So that makes it official. <sighs> it's right in with them. Like they all look the same. Yeah, right. But it's like the the, the one British pretty, guy and the two Australian dudes. Funny hair. Yeah, right. This is a weird just just the saga of this was weird in NXT. So according to reports, WWE had big plans for former NXT star Solomon Crow before he left the company on a mutual consent. Uh Crow wanted to be released from the company last November and got what he wanted. It was revealed that Crow was supposed to be the next big thing in NXT but left after he felt that he would still make more money by leaving the company, even though he is about to get a push. Crow had a hacker gimmick in which he controls the lights and the LEDs of the arena using a tablet. After, after leaving the company, he made a return to the independent circuits by, or with his real name, Sammy Callahan. I remember there would be a report that he hated that whole hacking thing, and now yeah. he still does it in impact. Yeah, I know. I like when I found out he was doing it in Impact. I freaking face palmed. I'm like, mother of God, why? I don't look at that man and think, you know what that guy is. Eventually, computer wins. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, why? I mean, I guess they were trying to get with like the you know the the punk rock cyberpunk hacker kind of looking whatever. But good lord. I don't think so. Yeah, they all sound like chain smokers, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. I liked, I mean, I don't like all the hardcore crap he does, but as an actual, when he actually wrestles, I like Sammy Callahan, especially, like, when he was younger. I, I 
don't see him like I am. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see him as like the next big thing of NXT. Like they were going to give him a huge push, but well, he went know. over to impact and had a great feud with Tessa Blanchard and lost to her. So there you go. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, he really say, did well for himself. <laughs> I will say kudos to him. He stayed employed with them and he's actually been like at or near the top of the card pretty much since he went. But to your point, yes, he lost to Tessa Blanchard. He's, uh, done a lot of hardcore crazy crap he bashed eddie edwards face in with a baseball bat that was cool and he's still living off of both of them are still living off of that <sighs> yep well and uh he clearly isn't hitting the gym like he used to but that's another point for another day uh we'll talk about impact here coming up this oh, is will funny. we will we really of course this is I funny you no <laughs> Seeing where we are today and going back to this. So it's been rumored for a while, but with the coming out of or with the coming of the new year, Zack Ryder and Emma have made it official that they're dating. Oh, that gotta go over. Yeah, right. Uh flash forward. All that guy does is bad a thousand. Right? Uh that that saying they can't all be first round picks, not for him. <laughs> uh but I mean he it's married... like they have to all be first round picks. Of course, he married uh, Chelsea Green, and then Emma is with uh, Madcap Moss or Riddick Moss or whatever the hell you want to call him. So there you go. Speaking of, well, batting a thousand, look who she went to. Yep. But she, only likes the, she only likes the. Uh, the tan buff the dudes. The uh, vascular guys. Yeah, the the gym bros. Well, speaking of. Uh, romance and all that former wwe women's and tna knockouts champion mickey james and her former tna world and current gfw global champion nick aldis aka magnus have a son together but they weren't married until this week so they got married the week of wrestle kingdom so there you now go. i think nick aldis seen me in the world this year right see. and and mickey was in last year's and she wasn't even on under contract she came out with the tna title which is still crazy to see I know that's nuts, and they didn't call it the Knockout Women's Championship. I'll name anyone, so yeah, it's like uh, whatever. Former WWE superstar there, CM. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Former WWE superstar CM Punk has been confirmed as a playable character in uh, EA Sports UFC 2's video game. Yeah, yeah, and. uh you're really running out of news, aren't you? <laughs> this one, it was, I mean, man, he sucked. Like, it's like, no. wow, you're, like you're really just throwing anybody in this game, aren't you? <laughs> uh, speaking of MMA, UFC officially announced UFC 197 for March 5th, headlined by featherweight champion Conor McGregor versus lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos for RDA. Or, Rafael yeah, RDA. Dos Anjos. Oh, excuse me. Javier okay. Dos Sanjos. I, I've always heard it pronounced the other way, so I'm, I knew it was... I go I, off of how Bruce Buffer calls it, so that's my... That's it. That's what I'm going with. Which is probably the correct way of saying it, so I, so me and other people <laughs> mispronouncing it this whole time. Uh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm imagining Bruce Buffer actually speaks to these people, so he probably knows their name. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but anyway, uh, it's for RDA's 155-pound uh, title. 
Also, Holly Holm is defending her women's bantamweight crown for the first time against Misha Tate. The event will be at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Two belt McGregor, man. Is this where he won the uh, lightweight title? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Or featherweight, I think. Uh, well, he is the featherweight champion okay, going into this fight. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, Holly beats Misha, correct? Yeah. Easily. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Dude, Misha Tate was not a champion. <laughs> like, uh, oh, but she's she, a solid 10, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't take that away. All the way live. <laughs> so the NAC reduced Nick Diaz's suspension from five years to 18 months, served retroactively, and also reduced his fine down from $165,000 to $100,000. He should be cleared to fight again by August 1st. This all stemmed from Diaz's third marijuana failure at UFC 183. <laughs> where, he f- <laughs> where he fought Anderson Silva. Look, man, if you're going to go into a fight uh, against Anderson Silva high like on marijuana, I mean, you're already handicapping yourself. So why are they fining you? <laughs> The first was huge. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, 100 grand. Oh, no. How am I going to go out to eat tonight? (sighs) I don't know if you'll know who this guy is. This is outside of the UFC, but still MMA. Uh, Do you know who Jadeep Singh is? No. Okay. Yeah, neither do I. So either way, he was going to be Fedor Emelianenko's opponent on New Year's Eve for Fedor's first fight in three and a half years. And then he wasn't. However, Ryzen Fighting Federation made it official back uh, in December of 2015, naming Singh as Emelianenko's opponent in a press conference in Japan. The two finally met in the main event of the two-day mega card on December 31st at Saitama Super Arena. Fedor won in three minutes and two seconds in the first round via TKO from punches. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's throw Fedor in there with uh, who gives an F. You know, and see if he wins. Good lord. And then didn't Fedor end up going to Bellator and just sucking at that point? Because he was old. Yeah. Fabricio Verdum submitted him. I was in the building that night. Still pissed about it. Yeah. Well, hey, you got to see Fedor. So I guess there's that. He had an awesome walkout theme in Pride, by the way. I think it was in Pride he had that theme, but... Yeah, if anybody looks up Fedor Emelianenko's walkout theme on YouTube, I, I always loved that song. It was pretty uh, like dramatic and badass. Last couple stories I got here for the, for the news segment. These are both impact-related, so strap in. This is during the... This is post-Spike TV in the era of where everybody's like, where the hell are they? Like, how can you watch this crap? Well, back uh, in November of 2015, it was announced that Impact Wrestling would air Tuesday nights on Pop TV, beginning on January 5th, 2016. (laughs) That's a real network, folks. Yep. When the show's move to Pop, Impact Wrestling received new theme music, roused about by the Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy Corgan, and a new stage. Oh, well, you got to let them know that, uh, you know, this is a big deal on this network that, you know, 500 people probably get. Yep. I, I mean, whatever. Don't make it seem less than, but still, like, God. Do you remember when they were on Destination America? Yes, I do. That's actually when I stopped watching. 
same here. Because I, I didn't think, have Destination America, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not even going to want my way to watch this. So, I remember uh, when they were, I, I heard something recently that I, I had told you that uh, Comcast said G4 TV was the least watched network, like across all channels. And yeah. like the next, the next one up was the Pursuit Network. And I was like, man, didn't Eric Young have a show on there? <laughs> or what? I can't remember if it was on there. It was either him or Shawn Michaels. One of them had a hunting show on there. I was like, oh, my God. I'm sure Destination America is pretty far down that list, too. Like, man, they is were even just... still a thing. I've literally maybe, never heard. Of maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I just know that. Like they they had to have Vince Russo. They just they had to have him so bad that they they tried to hide it. Because Spike TV didn't want him there. And then when Spike TV found out, they gave him El Buto. And then they had to go to Destination America, Pop TV. Like, my God. Why? Like, you literally just... uh, I like that, what do you call it? Um, Spike, Paramount, whatever. Uh, Obviously, is run by people with class. They didn't want Russo. That's pretty telling to me. These are also the same people that sent a memo saying, quit letting the old man get naked and bleed. The old man being Ric Flair, by the way, if nobody gets that. This is a real uh, story, by the way. We are not making this up. You can go look it up for yourself. Yep. And the thing is, they wanted to go into business with TNA. They wanted to be, like, all in. They were already paying, like, poor... Hashtag like, all in. Right. They already wanted to go, like... They, they were sharing uh, the lion's share of certain contracts, like Sting, Bischoff, Hogan, people like that. And they wanted to be business partners and actually go in... Uh, on the like on the business side of TNA as a company, and the Carters said no because poor little Dixie has to run the thing, and they said yeah no Dixie's not running it like we're gonna put people in there who know what the hell they're doing and they were like oh no no, no we can't have that like what the <sighs> the fact that that company in some way shape or form is still alive to this day boggles the mind. Yeah, it's one of, I'm telling you, dude, when the nuclear bombs dropped, man, the cockroaches and impact wrestling will survive. <laughs> yep. And we'll have nothing to eat but Twinkies. <laughs> to wrap things up here, prior to TNA's live impact wrestling debut on Pop TV, a match was advertised between the beautiful people and the dollhouse. Missing from the hype was dollhouse yeah, le- <laughs> Missing from the hype was dollhouse leader Taryn Terrell, leading some to speculate on her whereabouts. Now, Terrell has confirmed that she has left the company and will not be returning. The reason for the split has nothing to do with her, uh, or excuse me, has to do with her recent marriage to uh, motor, a motorcycle stuntman and not due to ill will with the company. She had nothing but kind words to say about TNA and wished them well, possibly leaving the door open to a return down the line. So I don't know what okay. the marriage had to do with it. I feel Maybe. like I remember hearing something about she became a born again Christian, didn't want to take her clothes right. off on TV anymore. And then she today. went back to doing it all again. Right. <laughs> Did God come to her in a dream and say it's okay to get naked? I mean, you know, that's bad or anything. I don't judge. But what was the <laughs> change w- there? I'm going to assume she uh, was accustomed to a certain lifestyle. And when, uh, you know, being 
prim and proper wasn't paying the bills uh, the way she wanted them to be paid, she decided to uh, utilize her assets, we'll say. Oh, well, Mandy Rose of her. Yeah, right. That's a... Hey, man, nobody's nobody's shedding a tear over Mandy Rose, man. She's only got them things for a certain amount of time in life, man. And, uh, you know, they're not going to last until her dying day. So, from what I heard, she's making more money doing her online stuff than she did in WWE. So, whatever. I don't have to. I mean, yeah, of course. But then, you know, at what cost to your, uh, to yourself? But, you know, hey, whatever. I don't judge. Hey, you know, you know what, man? I'm not, I'm not one that uh, supports, you know, showing your b-hole all over the internet. But if that's how you want to pay your bills, then there you go. <sighs> but yeah, there were certain uh, quote-unquote leaked things that came out uh, right before she was canned, and people are thinking that's why she was canned. It's like I don't think like other people have had things leaked in the past, and they never like. Well, the suffered. problem. I think the difference here is she was literally doing it on her own free will. Right. Well, that's why I'm saying it's like, if they were actually leaked, they wouldn't have fired her because Rollins. I mean, they, yeah, they technically were leaked, but it was from paying customers who probably bought it and put it out there. Yeah. I mean, it's a different kind of leaked to be fair. So like somebody hacked into your iCloud right. and took them. So. Right. Yeah. So it's like, good grief, man. Obviously she didn't care that much about the wrestling job. And <laughs> Which is weird because she's becoming one of the biggest things in the company. Right. It's well, weird. I don't know if you heard uh, Eric Bischoff talking about it, where like people were talking about, oh, she should go to AEW. They're not going to care. And he was like, why would she go to AEW? Like she would have to take bumps for like a month to make what she makes in a, a week doing her yeah, online stuff. Those women only wrestle once a month over there. We're talking about. Yeah. Right. I have a feeling she'd be shot right to the top of the card, though. But then again, dude, the WWE smell. Dude, of course she would. Yeah. I wonder how Warner would come down on that stuff, though, because, I mean, they do. They don't have high standards, but they have some standards, obviously. So it's like, are they going to be cool with her showing her b-hole? Like, I, they won't even let them say shit on TV. Really? So I, did they curb that? They were supposed to. They still get away. They still do it and say it, but. Apparently there was an edict thrown down. They couldn't say these words God. anymore. Yeah, well, nobody informed Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. 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 Well, he's well, Jade Cargill said stop say stop saying hey cut the you know, but yeah. So it clearly well, came down to, to her at least. Yeah, right. Well, I was going to say hey, you know Rick Ross. You know, when you're the boss, you can do whatever. So. I, yeah, I had no idea who the hell this guy was until I saw one on Dynamite. I had to go, you know, wicked die him. Hey, I, oh, okay. you know, I'm he's, uh, I, he's somebody. I'm hip to the jive, okay? So I'm I'm familiar. But <laughs> I thought he was like a legitimate offspring of uh, of Isaac Hayes. He looks like him a little bit. I was oh like, is that God, his son or something? Yeah, he looks yeah. like Isaac Hayes, yeah. like uh, that went to an all-you-can-eat buffet and accepted the challenge. <laughs> wow. And, you know, you're, no you're talent. Wrong. Isaac Hayes had talent. But, yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> How dare you? He can, you know, speak in I, rhymes to beats. I played all song on YouTube just to familiarize myself. Like, no. Okay, the only song I like by him is one that, uh, like, is Every Day I'm Hustling or whatever. I think, like, that's the only one I know. I There are a couple other songs that, like, if you played it, I might recognize it. But I don't necessarily seek this guy out to listen to his, his stuff. So... 
I I don't like any modern rap. So, but you know, hey, I, I love no Hayes is done from South Park. So there's that. <laughs> oh yeah. Even when they used uh, clips of his voice in his in the final Chef episode. Yeah. <laughs> but either way. That does it for the news and notes. We're going to take our next break. On the other end of this, it is event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it's new japan uh wrestle kingdom 10 to place january 4th 2016 from the tokyo dome in tokyo japan this was actually not a great attendance for it. It was 25,204. You can get about 40,000 in there. Probably so, got a lot more of Kenny Omega's wrestling a 12-year-old girl, right? Yeah, right. Well, Kenny Omega is wrestling somebody with talent on this card, so, you know. <laughs> that, he was missing from last week's show, man, but now we, get, we, we went full Omega here. And uh, I was under the impression that he was at every Wrestle Kingdom ever, by the way. Yeah, I can't remember when he debuted for New Japan, but yeah, by this point he was doing his full like I mean he was like in the cleaner gimmick and he had he dyed his hair gray. Like I didn't get that. I'm like, are you trying to be Scott Hall? Like I don't get it, because he, he had the toothpick and the sunglasses. <sighs> I don't I don't know, but it was weird. Uh I, I know shocker, Kenny Omega doing something weird. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, getting to this, he does not check the oil on the show, by the way. Thank God. (laughs) He checks something else though. We'll get into, but the show opens with a dark match, which is the 18 man new Japan rumble. The match was won by Jado who last limited, uh, eliminated Ryosuke Taguchi in 31 minutes and 51 seconds. We'll see Taguchi speaking of the Kenny Omega match. We'll see him later. Uh, Commentary, by the way, is being done by Kevin Kelly, Matt Stryker, and Yoshi Tatsu. So two out of three ain't bad. Uh, Tatsu. Wait, wait, what's wrong with Kevin Kelly? Hey, if you don't like Kevin Kelly, please die. <laughs> I hope people get that joke. By the way, if you're not a longtime listener, and you and if you don't follow Dave Meltzer on uh, uh, Twitter, well, at one point he said that if you don't like Kevin Kelly, please die. Yeah, real thing. Greg screenshotted it, so there's that. 
sent it to him. Uh, never responded. I almost not. threw my one last shot that I have. Yeah, almost. Almost. Still sending that last shot for redemption. First match here, by the way, uh, it is a, just like two weeks ago, it is a four-way tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. These titles always open the show. It goes 16 minutes, 42 seconds. Team of Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly are defending against the Young Bucks, Mac and Matt and Nick Jackson, with Cody Hall in their corner. Uh, Rapongi Vice, which is Rocky Romero and Beretta. And the team of Ricochet and Matt Seidel, which I forgot Ricochet was still here at this point. Matt Seidel, so, a.k.a. Tony Khan's favorite wrestler ever, dude. Seriously? Dude, there, like, there was a point where he just, every single week, he talked about Matt Seidel like he was, like, like special. I remember um, wow. there was this run-in they did where the, the Acclaim came out. It was before a show. It's on YouTube. You can go look it up. And before yeah. a show, the Acclaim come out and kind of rap on him. And you go, I got some, uh, some backup. Don't take more. And Matt Seidel. And the crowd just is quiet as hell, and he acts like <laughs> this is a big thing. And then there was That's another sad. one. I think, it was at, I think it was at the CM Punk, the first ever... Um, the first ever post uh, conference press conference he did after a show, yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, CM Punk, and he had an amazing classic with Matt Seidel on Dynamite." Um, <laughs> I look, I I have two Evan Bourne figures. I really liked Evan Bourne uh, since he left and went back to being Matt Seidel. I, I haven't given a damn. Like his debut whole- in AEW, dude. You remember that? Tell me you remember that. Uh, where he like botched at least twice. Yeah, I, well, I know he fell off the, the top first rope. time you see him. He runs out in the middle of a battle royal, hops on the top rope to do a shooting star press, and he freaking falls flat on his face. Yep, I remember that. That was I was like, oh man, dude can't catch a break. <laughs> it um, was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, dude. It it was only so because sad. it was only because it was the first time you'd ever seen the guy on their show. The first ten seconds yeah. of him being boom. I know. That's why I was like, you can't, you can't catch a damn break, dude. Uh, to contrast this, by the way, with uh, this year's Wrestle Kingdom, it was only two teams, and when they came out, like both the teams came out, and I was like, wait, where are the other teams? <laughs> so uh, I, I got thrown off. But either way, the uh, the Bullet Club jump starts this match and kicks everyone out of the ring. The Bucks have hit full goofiness in their careers at this point. At one point, point, everyone is outside of the ring in a group, and Cody Hall tosses Ricochet on top of them with the Outsider's Edge. Uh, For those who haven't picked up on it yet, Cody is the son of Scott, so there you go. Uh, Cody keeps getting involved. Nick Jackson's selling makes it look like makes it looks like he uh, keeps getting hit in the butthole. Like, I don't know if you've noticed that. Like, he's oh, trying yeah. to hold he does, diarrhea. He does, he does it to this day, dude. He just has this look on his face like, oh, oh, like, what the hell is going on? But in the end, the Bucks pin Rocky with more bang for your buck to win the titles. So these last two Wrestle Kingdom matches that the Bucks have been in have ended the same way. And these are the only two matches, literally, I've ever seen them end a match with more bang for your buck. <laughs> Usually that's a transition move. Uh, but Uncle Dave gave it three and three quarter stars. <laughs> I gave it an even three. I thought it was good. What say you? I gave it two, dude. It was just like a, a damn, uh, what do you call it, a trampoline fest. 
all over the damn I, place. Yeah, good lord. I had to subtract some some points for one. Just the selling by the young bucks was just even more over the top than usual, and the constant right, and just the constant freaking interference from Cody Hall. Like, dude, like I, I which made me remember. I was like, I remember when they tried to make him a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, they should have, but... Yeah, he has the look. Right. He had the look, bro. But, oh, he uh, didn't? Oh, that wow. Oh. Yeah, no. He was a big MFer, I'll say that. Like, if anybody remembers when Scott Hall was big Scott Hall, like, the way he looked then, that's basically Cody, but, like, shave his face and shave his head. But up He's next. no big Bill. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked about... <laughs> Something about, oh, uh, who wants to see Big Bill versus so-and-so on AEW, whatever. And I was like, dude, I can't get past the fact that his name is Big Bill. Like, that will never not be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's your name? Big Bill. Like, okay, I instantly don't give a damn about you. But Uh, my favorite part, my favorite thing is when Brian last was like, because I I would never even thought about this. Like, how do you introduce him? Like, if you're an announcer, Big Bill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's right you know like, how, do you, how does he do that wasn't his name Cas XL or some crap before uh, it might have been I think he went to w, w Morrissey yeah he was W Morrissey in Impact and that's that's right up there I like which is worse W Morrissey or Big Bill it's like right definitely there neck and neck definitely, definitely Big Bill though oh, well Big Bill sure but it's like it's it's like a photo finish you know what I mean yeah because W. Morrissey, uh, like, really? It's pretty rough. <laughs> I still say he should have went with William XL. Like, that was something you and I predicted, like, when he first left WWE years ago. We were joking around. And one of our friends said, Large William. And I... <laughs> which, oddly enough, both of us were right. Because he went with Kaz XL at one point, And then Big Bill. <laughs> so, variation of that. Do you remember when Billy Gunn did in TNA? And we... He jokingly said William Pistol, and they were going to go with that, and they <laughs> got hit. Mother assist, of God. Assist. <laughs> I do not remember that. William wow. Pistol. Yeah. I remember they got hit with a cease and desist because they were calling him the outlaw. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was something. Yeah, an outlaw. If you don't come out with a thick black mustache and ten gallon hat. <laughs> well, he's a new pretty, age outlaw. That's some pretty. Well, that's the point. It kind of defies the whole point. Like he's like some pretty blonde white boy. It's all buff and stuff. He's like a greedy outlaw. Yeah, and then he joined the beautiful people and had cherries on his outfit. That was, you know, that's uh, outlawish. Anyway, uh, this this next match is for the never open weight six man tag titles. They're up for grabs. Nobody's a champion, so it's between the Bullet Club of Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, and Tamatonga taking on this team. <laughs> It's Toru Yano and the Briscoe brothers of J.M. Mark. My God. Sky, boy. It went for about 11 and a half minutes. As always, Yujiro's valet is all kinds of roll tide. Uh, all the way live. She didn't have the bunny mask here, though, so I don't know if this is the same one. He's had a few. Yano and Dem Boys has got to be the weirdest damn trio I've ever effing seen. Like, God. But just like the previous match, the Bullet Club jump starts it. Go figure. 
while the Briscoes whoop tons of ass, Yano is just there to do stupid taunts and pop the crowd. I, I don't think they knew how to respond to them boys. <laughs> uh, how do you in, respond? Yeah, especially if you're, if you're in like, Delaware. How do you respond? Right. Well, unless you're in the deep American South, and then they come to then they come to Japan, who's very prim and proper and everything, and then it's like, oh, these guys like. Now, I have like in my like I I feel like every non-American like the Briscoes are their image in their mind of what an American is. God, <laughs> that's what I feel like, especially Mark. But anyway, in why the end, is especially Mark? Because <laughs> he's got no teeth. <laughs> but in the end, the Briscoes pin Tamatanga after hitting the Doomsday Device. Of course, just like every other company, they slap together the slap together weird ass team wins the titles. But Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose stars. It was watchable, kind of. What say you? I gave it two. I actually got into it more than the last match. It was yeah, it was fine. I don't I, I don't like bad luck. It's funny to see the contrast within two years. Bad luck Fale added about a hundo. Takahashi's okay. Tamatanga's really good. Yano is a comedy character. And the Briscoes are like the only like really good workers besides Tama in this match. So it's like, uh what you telling me that Mark Briscoe's not a comedy character? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, he is. He's just a really good wrestler on top of it. <laughs> so there's that. Yano is like man, I made my feelings done. If anybody wants to know what how I feel about Toru Yano. <laughs> Go listen to two weeks ago. I just not a fan. I'll say that. <laughs> but anyway, you remind me of uh, what's that guy with the Boogie Nights in WCW? Remember uh, he's with Alex? Oh, Wright and- uh, Magnum TA or yeah. no, Magnum oh, Ma- Magnum? Hell, is his name Magnum Tokyo? Yeah, right? yeah, Tokyo Magnum. Tokyo, Tokyo Magnum. Magnum. Yes, yes. Reminds me of that. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Wait, why yeah, are you just- here? <laughs> he's just like he's always a comedy character but the thing is that crowd effing loves him so it's just one of them things I don't get but then again a lot of people you know it's kind of like the Orange Cassidy thing I like him not everybody gets it so whatever a little dog pockets <laughs> god but this next match wouldn't you know what a wrestling match oh, broke out oh yeah See? it is I, it took a while. We got to we got to a good one. <laughs> yep, the ROH title is being defended for the first time ever in the uh, on uh, Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. Is Jay Lethal with Truth Martini in his corner defending against Michael Elgin in twelve minutes? This is so the greatest it, first generation wrestler in history, by the way. So, uh, exactly, and he's doing nothing special in AEW right now. The fact that they're blowing it with Jay Lethal just I, I just can't. Fathom, like what? Oh, Mizuki's in a tag team with Jeff Jarrett now. Oh yeah, yeah. The the TNA boys, and then that big Indian MFer, whatever uh, the hell his name is, Z- Zippy the Pinhead, <laughs> Mother of God. <laughs> Who you call a Pinhead? <laughs> and he's and he he's gonna have the most lethal finisher. No pun intended. He's gonna have the most lethal finisher in wrestling history. He's gonna uh, lower his head and just ram you with a spike on his head. Mother of God. <laughs> I didn't come up with this. <laughs> uh, one point, I think AEW and WWE are competing over who has the bigger Indian guy. Uh, 
At one point, the referee gets distracted when Elgin picks up Lethal for a powerbomb, and Lethal blasts him in the head with a book of truth. He then hits the Lethal Injection for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. My favorite match of the night thus far. What say you? I gave it three. Thought it was great. Oh, yeah. Forgot how good Michael Elgin was. I know, man. What the hell is he doing nowadays? Last time I heard, wasn't he threatening suicide or something like that? Or I know he had some issues for a long time. Uh, I think... Uh, didn't he make some statements online that pissed some people off, and then he kind of faded into obscurity? Yeah, well, that's everybody in the history of everything. But uh... yeah, but I don't think he ever came back from it. And, and then I know he's he divorced that wrestler Mischief at one point, and I think allegations came out that he might have been putting his hands on her. I, I I can't say for sure, but I don't know. There was a lot of stuff. He he has an interesting uh, life. I'll say that, but sucks at the. Uh, you know, not uh, not doing anything anymore. Because, yeah, I was a fan of his, and ROH pushed his ass to the moon there for a while. So I don't know if you noticed, the Book of Truth, he, like, had a special Japanese-themed, like, book cover printed out just for this. <laughs> did you did you notice that? I didn't catch that, no. Yeah, it was funny. I didn't notice it at first, but then when it was laying on the mat, they you could get a good look at it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's kind of funny. He's... He's so underrated, by the way, in my opinion. Oh, and you want to talk about smoker voice. Good Lord. <laughs> it only adds I, to it, though. But, yeah. I loved him in Ring of Honor. I loved his theme, the, the theme song for the House of Truth. I loved him and Roddy together. I just, uh, man, I don't know why WWE. Well, I think WWE just kind of soured on managers there for a while. So I think that's probably why he never got a call. But. I don't know. Maybe he was just loyal to Ring of Honor. I, have, I, I think he did help like with backstage stuff. I know he's a trainer too, so maybe they didn't. Maybe they wanted him to shut his school down if he would have signed with them. I, I really don't. Know. I don't know. They, I don't think that's it. They have a bunch of people with schools that are signed with them. Yeah, Seth Rollins, Booker T. Yeah, wait. Seth Rollins has a school. Yeah. I had no, when the hell did that open? I had no idea. Oh, years ago. Wow. Is that kind of like the Shawn Michaels school where it's like his name is on it, but he's not actually ever there? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, I I got to throw that on Kane, too, because uh, he has he has a school with um, Dr. Tom. And I think Dr. Tom's the one actually there. Kane is off running, uh, you know, being a mayor. You know, the devil's favorite libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So. <laughs> That'll never not be funny, too. <laughs> oh, I know. That's, that's, that's a classic. This next one, man, these entrances popped me. Or at least his first one did. So, Ryosuke Taguchi comes out to the ring dressed like Doc Brown from Back to the Future before the yeah. next match. He's carrying that one a got me right there, but he's like, man, that hair was just... You went a little too much with the hair, but I dug it. <laughs> the look on his face, too. He's like, hey... What the hell? And he's thinking fourth dimensionally. Yeah, right. And he's got the he's got the remote like from the first movie, how he controlled the car. That like it's awesome. He's sitting there messing with it in the ring. And then, uh, so Yoshitatsu is completely fascinated by this. By the way, (laughs) like he's he's like he's pointing out the most obvious stuff. Like he is Captain Obvious. 
He's like, oh, like Back to the Future. And, oh, yeah. Oh, he's a uh, he, he's like uh, from that from that movie. Like we know. <laughs> like, God dang, dude. Like, I'm serious. If anybody wants to go back just to listen to Tatsu's commentary, it is like, man, it's it's horrible. Uh, but either way, Kushida comes out dressed like Marty McFly. That was awesome. I love this whole thing. K Omega. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted that figure. I never did get it. So that was uh, Kushida's entrance. Kenny Omega's entrance. He comes out doing like the like he's the T-800 that just teleported. He did (laughs) Terminator style entrances like at least twice, maybe three times. So that was uh, something I was I'll say I always thought it was cool. But then again, I love the Terminator movies, so. He had brooms, dude. Oh, well, yeah, because he's the cleaner. Get it? Sure. <laughs> I will say, I, I, I kind of laughed because he was talking about that before. They were like, what is, what is the cleaner? And he's like, you know, like a mafia cleaner. Like, after you kill some, like, after somebody gets murdered or, you know, whatever, he comes in to clean up the crime scene or whatever. And he's like, people didn't get it. They just kept thinking I was a janitor, so he's like, I just let, I just leaned into it and started bringing brooms to the ring. Well, that's like, clever. Yeah, it's like mother of God. He literally made it worse, but okay, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this one is Kenny Omega with the Young Bucks in his corner because you know we haven't seen enough of them. Uh, he's defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title against Kushida with Ryosuke Taguchi in his corner. This went just shy of thirteen minutes. Taguchi gets taken out at one point behind the ref's back. Outside of the ring, Kenny Omega sprays cooling spray in Kushida's eyes and then in his own crotch. Yep. yep. Uh, Kushida then dives through All the rope. All real, folks. Yeah, I'm not making this up. I, why would I be? Uh, I like how, by the way, they love that stuff so much, they brought it back years later with uh, Brandon Cutlet. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so stupid. But Kushida dives through the ropes, and Nick Jackson throws a trash can in his face before Omega moonsaults off the guardrail uh, with that same trash can onto Kushida. Even after all the interference, Kushida fights through. He reverses the one-winged angel attempt into a victory roll for the title win. Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? Of course he did. <laughs> I gave it three. It was a fun watch. I'll say that. My favorite match of the night thus far, I'll say. I really liked it. Still like the Jay Lethal one more, but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a good argument for that one as well. I just I don't know. I really like these two guys. I thought they did well. Uh, I think this was well, Kenny Omega within the next year is going to break away from the junior heavyweight division and go into the heavyweights. So completely different Kenny Omega we'll see there. But this... have we already seen him wrestle the sex doll yet? Oh, yeah, that happened years ago in, in DDT. <laughs> DDT is the name of a promotion, by the way, if nobody knows, uh, where a lot of goofy stuff happens. So, yeah, perfect fit for him. But up next, we get more BC. It is the Bullet Club of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson with Amber Gallows in their corner. Can't remember what the hell her real name is, but... They're defending the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles against Togi Makabe and Tomoaki Hanma. Excuse me. Uh, 
Uh, and this goes just shy of 13 minutes as well. The damn Bullet Club are all over this effing show. It's like damn near every match. Uh, on his it's way like to- NWO was back in the day. Yeah, well, that, that is accurate. Or, uh... That is correct. <laughs> first one of the show. Pretty deep, <laughs> pretty deep into the show for that first one. Anyway, uh, on his way to the ring, Carl Anderson looks at the camera and says, eight Russell Kingdoms in a row. That's effing Undertaker style. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's like, did you win eight in a row? Because <laughs> I, I guess... But in the match, Hanma gets cracked in the back of the head and bleeds. Meanwhile, Makabe gets kicked in the mouth and holds it in pain for a good three to four minutes. I think he legit got kicked in the face. Uh, Bullet Club mostly dominates the first half of the match. Oddly, Hanma is the only one who gets offense for his team for a while. Makabe does nothing. The BC hit the boot of doom on Hanma. Gallows hits the gallows pole on Makabe. Uh, and those still don't do the trick. They're not able to hit the magic killer off multiple attempts. Finally, in the end, Hanma hits a diving headbutt, followed by a King Kong knee drop from Makabe onto Gallows for the win, and they win the belts. Uncle Dave gave this three and three-quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was average. What say you? I gave it two. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it, but at the same time, I was like, really? Almost four stars? Where? <laughs> uh, in Tokyo. Which oh, means well. it was probably like a one and a half star match, really. Yeah, really. Well, it had it was in the Tokyo Dome. It had two Japanese guys in it. So, therefore, almost four stars. But. <laughs> Good Lord. But. Now is the time of the show where they advertise upcoming New Japan Pro Wrestling tours for the rest of the year, as well as upcoming Ring of Honor shows in America. And now we get the big matches of Nighter starting now. It's Tetsuya Naito with Los Ingobernables de Hopan in his corner. He's taking on... Yeah, all those words. (laughs) You're Hispanic, or half Hispanic, you should know. No? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. But they're taking on Hiroki Goto, or excuse me, he is taking on Hiroki Goto. Uh, this goes 12 minutes, 16 seconds. Going into this one, I knew it would be awesome. I love both these guys. LIJ jump Goto from behind before the bell rings, allowing Naito to take his time. By the way, this is another contrast. If anybody remembers two weeks ago, that Naito was very different from this Naito here. Uh Evil uses a chair, and Naito sets up a table, dropping Goto onto it off the apron. Like most Goto matches, these two beat the absolute piss out of each other. (laughs) Naito ends up throwing one of Goto's boots into the ref, taking him down. This allows LIJ to interfere, but Goto tricks Bushi into hitting Evil, and then he hits him with the Yushiguroshi. In the end, Goto nails Shoten Kai on Naito for the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. I think this might be my favorite match up to this point. What say you? I gave it three. I didn't know who the hell I these guys were, but I liked it. <laughs> I've always loved LIJ. I, I like them better than the Bullet Club. I thought Bullet Club was fine, but LIJ I thought was cool. Most of the members broke off. Uh... I don't think LIJ's a... I think it's still a thing, but I I, I don't know. 
I know Evil went on. He's in like Horror House or something like that. Some new damn faction they got. Yeah, Horror House. Good lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, they tried making him a, a main eventer there for a while. It, it didn't go well. But I think he's still with. Uh, you remember Sonata? I do. Yeah, I think I think they're still uh, uh, together as a team. Sonata was part of Lij for a while, recreated himself. But up next, man, this is uh, the big meaty men smack and meat match. It is Tomohiro. This, this is what woke me up right here, dude. Yeah, right. Uh, that that you'll feel this through your TV. It is Tomohiro Ishii defending the never open weight title against Katsuyori Shibata. It goes 17 minutes, 19 seconds. For those that don't know, by the way, I've, I've mentioned the never open weight, whatever. It's it's not the word never. It's in, uh, it, it stands for something, but I don't remember what the hell it's it means. Uh, I'd have to uh, throw it into Wikipedia. You'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> but seeing this match on the card just physically hurt me before the first punch was even thrown. Yeah, going and, into this, I knew exactly what to expect, having <laughs> seen them lately. Right. So I'm like, oh, for God's sake, here we go. And yep, we start off with rapid slaps from both men. Those unprotected headbutts were so damn stupid and looked brutal as F. In the end, Kushida nails the, or Kushida, God, Shibata, <laughs> nailed the PK on a seated be machine. Kushida. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I love Shibata, but I don't know, that's just me. Anyway, he nails the PK on Ishii and wins the title. I love this style of match, and I love both of these guys, so I, I highly enjoyed it. Dave gave it four and a half stars. Tokyo Dome so, rules, dude. Yep. I gave it three and a half. I really liked it, but God, four and a half, like almost five stars. Get the F out. What say you? I gave it two. I can't stand this kind of stuff, dude. I love there, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. This is the stupid. Only, the only thing I don't like about it is when they literally stand there. Like it's, it's like they're begging for you to hit them. Like that's, that's stupid. But like, I like strong style. I don't know. I've always been a fan of that. So this was uh different, but either way, we now get a promo for AJ styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Some of the Japanese to English translation on the screen. is kind of funny because it, doesn't match up at this time. These were two of the best in the entire world. In my opinion, uh, we AJ, obviously the top, but Shinsuke was in the top five. Uh, so we see the back in 2008, AJ actually came to Japan and faced a young Shinsuke, but only in tag matches. They've never actually faced off one-on-one. -on -one, so this was like the first time ever. Tag and I'll say, now, Oh yeah. I'll say now this is my favorite match of the night. Now, the next match, like, uh, the main event, I loved it, but this was still my favorite match of the night. This one is Shinsuke Nakamura defending the IWGP Intercontinental title against AJ Styles, and it goes 24 minutes, 18 seconds. So, AJ still has his emo Justin Bieber hair here, and he hadn't went full <laughs> soccer mom yet. Stupid soccer mom haircut, which is on the list, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you mean the lexicon of Jericho? Or no, the lexicon of Le Champion. The old show uh, wizard, uh, every other thing in the world. Yeah, right. 
Uh, Hold so, on to my fading youth. Yeah, all that. Wow. So these two keep hitting their biggest signature moves on each other, but Styles can't get a Styles Clash, and Nakamura can't get the Bamaye. Shinsuke escapes the calf killer at one point. They're going all in and beating the piss out of each other and going full strong style. Styles reverses a triangle choke into a Styles Clash, followed by a near fall, and then he hits a bloody Sunday. When going to the top rope, Styles uh, for go, going at for a top rope Styles Clash, Nakamura reverses it into a top rope landslide, hits the bombaya to the back of AJ's head, hits it to it in the face. In Damn the face. Kills Damn near kills him. And he retains the IC title. Uncle Dave gave this four and three quarter stars. I, I don't know what shaved off a quarter. Uh, I gave it two and a half. I gave it four and a half stars. I effing love this damn thing. What say you? I gave it four. I loved it. That was my favorite match of the night, too. Yeah, this was amazing. Uh, I, I'm going to assume he shaved off a quarter of a star because AJ is not Japanese. Yeah. Or Canadian. <laughs> that that's that's got to be it, man. But are you saying he the, favors Japanese wrestlers? Oh no, not at all. Just you know, just making sure. Only you know, decades of evidence you know supports that claim. But either way, uh, anyway, after, anyway, after the match, both men get up on their knees, and Shinsuke puts out a fist. AJ thinks about it, and then they fist bump. He fist bumps Nakamura. Uh, this would lead to him getting kicked out of the Bullet Club, by the way. What's funny is that one of the young lions helping AJ to the back after the match is a future leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White. I don't know. Switchblade. Oh, yeah. You're right. Who, who, who just headlined the uh, the Tokyo Dome again. So there you go. In the moving into the main event action here, in the playup package for the main event, we see that Hiroshi Tanahashi tells Kazuchiko Okada he thinks that. Only he can make New Japan better, not Okada. He then hypes up their match at Wrestle Kingdom since he just won the 25th G1 Climax. This was the equivalent of like John Cena winning Money in the Bank. It's like, oh, yay, I guess. <laughs> it was like the one thing you hadn't <laughs> done. Uh, but he says he wants to take New Japan into the mainstream. The video hypes how this will be Tanahashi's sixth consecutive main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Okada basically says that Tanahashi's time is coming gone, and he's the top dog in the promotion now, and that he will take New Japan to, uh, to new heights. Last year, Tanahashi took down Okada and literally made him cry. But this year, Okada says that it's a new year, and he is the one that will make it rain money in New Japan. Literally sure. and figuratively. Yeah. I'll buy that. I think he's going to. Right. But now we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around, TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. 
Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it is main event time kazuchika okada defends the iwgp heavyweight title with gato in his corner against hiroshi tanahashi this goes 36 minutes and one second so Okada gives the crowd blue balls because the coin drops, the lights drop, and then the sound, it sounds like technical difficulties, but it was just kind of like an intro. So the crowd's like, yeah! <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> right. Uh, the lights then come back on, and he's standing on the stage, and the song starts again as gold dollar bills rain from the sky. Yoshi Tatsu is so effing useless on commentary. Uh, Matt Striker asked wow. him, <laughs> How do you really feel? Matt Stryker asked him one at one point. He said, uh, how would you defend against somebody going after your neck? And he says, uh, I would watch my neck. <laughs> like, thanks for the analysis, Yoshi. Oh. Get the F out. Pro analysis <laughs> right there, dude. Right. Like, ah, no, you just let him hit it. Like, what the, like, how do you stop somebody from hitting you in the face? Uh, don't let him hit, hit you in the face. <laughs> cool. Thanks. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Uh, Tana kicks out of a tombstone, followed by a rainmaker, and then Okada hits the high fly flow, and then Tanahashi hits the rainmaker. They're going full rock Austin here. Uh, Rainmaker! Tana hits a high fly flow to Okada while he's face down, and then again when he's on his back, this gets a near fall. Tana goes for a third and gets drop kicked out of midair. That was beautiful. Okada ends up hitting a hitting back-to-back Rainmakers to get the win. Uncle Dave gave this five stars. I gave it four. <laughs> of course really he did. did. Yeah, of course. If it would have went a little bit longer, could have got that sixth one in. Uh, I gave it four and a half. What say you? I gave it three. That was really good. But oh yeah. wow, three. Just... Yeah. I I don't know. These are two of my favorites uh, in Japan. So a really really good match. I'm glad Okada freaking won. I I like Tanahashi, but he just I don't I know. I didn't even, I didn't know the results going in, but I just knew he was gonna win. I was like, yeah, this is his show. Tanahashi just he was he was the ace of Japan for the longest time. Like I said, he was basically their John Cena, and he just had the he always has this aura about him. Like I deserve it. I'm the guy, and it's like. I mean, you should. Well, he is. But it was almost like a, like a, sort of like a racist thing between him and Jay White because he was like, 
you're not from here, so you don't deserve to main event my show. And it's like, well, damn, dude. <laughs> um, Does he really feel? Yeah, it's like, that's uh, a little left up, but all right. But after the match, Ghetto uses... And it does his usual 10-minute show-closing promo where he pumps up Okada and talks about how he's the future of New Japan and, and of pro wrestling as a whole. I always like this because I don't understand a word he's saying until every once in a while he'd go, Rainmaker! That's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I understood that one. Apparently Rainmaker doesn't uh, translate to Japanese very well. But Okada echoes those sentiments and says that he's looking to the future... And we close the show. On the other end of this final break of ours, we're going to tell you the final ratings we got and what's coming up in the weeks ahead here on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way way back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. the ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 8.9 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 9.61 out of 10. So they thought it was a damn near perfect show, I guess. I gave it an 8.5 for a B plus, A minus. What say you? B minus. It was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't. It's just, you know, it's not my cup of tea, so it's hard to just really get into it. Yeah. This week is double main event week, meaning we've got a bonus show coming up this Friday. So if you, like, if you don't like the Japanese stuff, we're heading back to New York. It is some WWE for you, literally from MSG. We're going to be talking about, I, I'm, I'm still putting the notes together for this. It should be a fun timepiece. It's Triple H's return to Madison Square Garden on July, or January 7th, 2002, uh, after he tore his quad. So... I definitely want to talk about when he was injured and kind of the news leading up to his return. Uh, Spoiler, it's all WCW invasion based. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Now, I know, uh, what was the show? Refresh my memory. What was the show he was supposedly supposed to be at? He was on on the posters or whatever. And they pulled the plug. Vengeance. Okay. Now in the archives, I believe. Uh, So he didn't, he obviously didn't come back then, but... 
he is he is here on Raw to one of the biggest pops I've ever heard in my entire life, which is funny because he was a huge heel when he got injured. Then he comes back and he's like cheered like a god. So it's it's funny, but it's it's awesome. And then we're round, rounding out the month next week, January 25th, with WWF Royal Rumble 1997. That was a damn good show, historic show from the Alamo Dome, actually, in San Antonio, Texas. Looking forward to that. Getting some, uh, hey, if uh, Japanese wrestling isn't your thing, maybe some Mexican wrestling will be your thing. We throw some luchadors in this one, but we kind of ease you into it with the WWE. So here you go. Anyway, man, uh, that does it for January. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, sure. We'll see you all this Friday with Triple H returning in MSG and next Wednesday with Royal Rumble 1997. Goodbye and good night. Thanks.